0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Generation Varied podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about culture, sports, health, geopolitics, and everything in between from a diverse Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Caleb Norris, and I'm joined here by two of my co-hosts, Ben Okenge and Jack Widener. Um, If you guys do not know already, we are currently at DEFCON two okay there is exactly one week before valentine's day and uh, by the time you're listening to this there's just going to be five days left so get your affairs in order now ben jack what do you guys have planned for uh for for the holiday and uh for your significant others or wait a second not significant others for your wives <laughs> wives you yes <laughs> a couple of married men
1: yeah. um. <laughs> Yeah, uh we're not super big Valentine's Day people. Uh normally we'll do something pretty small. We'll grab some dinner and, and just hang out and use it as a an excuse to have just a special night, but we don't do gifts or anything like that. Unfortunately this year we're gonna be traveling on Valentine's Day. We're going to Boston for a conference that I have to go wow. to. Um so traveling kinda sucks, but and it's you know, Boston's gonna be cold in February. But we're gonna make the best of it. We'll still find a way to get some quality time.
2: What about you, Jack? Uh, Ben, I'm jealous you're going to Boston. I've never been and always wanted to visit. Uh so Beck and I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. The reason is we started dating on February thirteenth. Um, and another reason is um my sister's birthday is on the fourteenth. So it's always just been like a a, I don't have with Valentine's cuz that's my sister's birthday. Uh but this uh Tuesday, upcoming Tuesday will be our 6 year anniversary. We for we dated for 4 years, been there for a year and a half. Um so yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. Uh most likely going to go to the Italian restaurant. We love Italian food and uh there's a few spots here in Lexington we're looking to go to, but other than that, you know, she's uh, getting her master's at uh the university right now and teaching there so we're just gonna try to keep it um light you know not yeah, yeah. but caleb what about you man what, what are you doing for valentine's day this year
0: nothing super scripted i'm flying out to uh flying out to see somebody so uh, i'm excited about that but uh but yeah nothing uh nothing super super put flying together. out to see somebody <laughs> you know <just> to... <laughs> that's crazy yeah just uh every every now and then you gotta catch uh you gotta catch a flight but uh but yeah that's that's pretty much it, but no it's it's gonna be a good time uh nothing like concrete set in stone yet, but uh definitely if you're listening to this, send your mama some flowers, send your grandma some flowers, send your sister some flowers, whoever it is uh don't don't let folk go go without telling them that you love them and and showing your affections for them somewhere, Jack, I will say. That you have every single man who's married to a woman jealous that you started dating on February 13th
1: <laughs> That's such a hack
0: <laughs> That is such a hack. Hey, that, hey. If, you are, if you're listening to this, don't say hey. yes until February 13th, all right, just so pretty good.
2: I'll go through these grocery stores, Walmart, unbothered by these decorations because I'm not focused on that.
0: (laughs) Unbothered by the commercialized forced holiday that is Valentine's Day.
2: That's awesome. Um, Well, listen,
1: if if you were really strategic about it, you would have waited until February 15th because then you could have got all the valentine's day stuff when nobody wants it anymore and it's on sale and all that you know you you come that's, out with all the
2: chocolates balls. that's wow that's some advanced knowledge there and advice so uh the 13th is great it's good but 15th might be greater so i love that because <laughs> <laughs> you know they're trying to get rid of that because this is is as they're moving on to the next holiday. Um, well, listeners, as you are preparing or just getting ready for Valentine's Day next week, um, something else is happening big uh, this weekend. Um, I'm sure you have seen it, whether on social media, family, or just your friends. Uh, Super Bowl 58 will be uh, hosted in Las Vegas on February 11th uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, yeah. Caleb, and let me know what you, are you guys most excited excited about um, for this rebel. You know, whether that's the game or there's a party. Um, yeah, what's 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 going on? Um for me, I'm not like a
1: huge football fan. I love sports and so that's why I'll still get into it but uh i'm definitely looking forward to the super bowl parties um that's since i've lived in america that's been one of my favorite parts of like the culture here is people go all out for the super bowl and um last year when it was super bowl time i was already starting to diet down for my bodybuilding show so i couldn't really enjoy <laughs> it but this year there's no restrictions so that's what I'm looking forward to: the food, the snacks, the community, all that stuff. That's awesome.
2: What about you? What about you, Caleb?
0: Yeah, no, I I'm really excited to watch. Hopefully, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs lose, uh, <laughs> primarily because I I just I don't I don't personally. Uh, not a huge fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, Austin Mahomes is is a great, great quarterback. He's going to go down in history as one of the greats, if not the greatest, um, which that's a whole other topic of conversation that we could have on uh, another episode. But yeah, you're sure. going to get people
1: mad with that
0: take. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Last week, it was Jack with the Taylor Swift, and now you're on this with yeah.
2: Mahomes this, being the- This be is probably the most hated <laughs> podcast. I <swear>. <laughs> Who
0: knows? But I um I I think he uh I think he he cracks under pressure a lot, and I think that this game is gonna be, um is gonna be obviously a lot of pressure. It's the Super Bowl, but also they won back in 2019, and so I find it uh like in this exact same matchup, I would find it rare that um that the 49ers would come into that game not feeling like underdogs, and I feel mm-hmm. like whoever comes in. And has something to prove usually pulls out the win like yeah usually so um i, I mean travis Kels is an absolute unit on the field um an amazing athlete um another like a, another one of the greats um so like I, i'm excited to watch i'm excited to watch the game i haven't watched a whole lot of nfl this year um because i'm i really ha- just got into it a couple of years ago i've only watched college football yeah. um exclusively up until like the last couple of years but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to watch, exciting times, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for the actual for the actual game. Uh, yeah. That's all.
2: Yeah, that's great. Um, listeners, just gonna take a step back here, just kind of give you more context about this matchup here. Uh, this is the second time Chiefs and the 49ers will face each other at the Super Bowl. Um, as Caleb mentioned, they face each other in uh, the end of the 2019 season. Um, but at, it, at that story, uh, the Chiefs won. Um, so, yeah, we have a great matchup. A lot of the same players are still on the, the current team. So there's a lot of stories that's going into this weekend. Um, but, yeah, just like Caleb, I'm excited about many things, the game. Um, I've been watching a bit more NFL this year just because – a lot of my coworkers do. Um, I'm looking to go to a Super Bowl party that our producer is hosting. So looking forward to all the food that comes with that and just seeing friends. So um, I have a friend that's new to NFL, and I'm going to try to help him pick his first a uh, team to cheer for next year. So uh, looking <laughs> forward to that. <laughs> You're getting him but, as a Wagoner from day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to do like a – all the teams he cheered for so far uh has lost. So I'm trying to just you know, give him the team that maybe he can cheer for. We'll see. I don't know. But listeners, if you don't really care about the Super Bowl or the football in general, here are things maybe you should just be on the lookout for this weekend. One, the Usher halftime performance. Um I think he's been waiting for this for a while and now he finally has it. So I'm excited to see. He's a great live performer. Um, So excited to see what Usher's going to bring.
0: Outside of, honestly, outside of like Chris Brown, and obviously we don't support Chris Brown even in the slightest on this podcast. That man, That's has a hilarious. woman beating punch card that he attempts to get clocked at every opportunity as, as he can. <laughs> We're obviously not Chris Brown fans here, but outside of Chris Brown, I genuinely think that Usher is probably one of the most talented, like male performers and artists, like of our like entire generation. Usher is so incredibly talented. There are very few people that can sing at his caliber and dance and perform a show and have like solid music that's like broken records and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um I'm really excited to see him perform. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'm also just, he's had so many hits like within, you know, multiple decades. Yeah. So I'm just curious to see like, which usher are we going to get? Cause like personally, I'm, I like R and B. I like 90s R&B, early 2000s, yep. the stuff that I used to listen to when I was a kid. And my older siblings got me into that. And so, you know, I'd like to hear some more of the older stuff. And I'm not talking about like, yeah, with Lil Jon. I'm talking like, you remind me and all that type of stuff.
0: <laughs> Classics.
2: Exactly. And I'm sure you're not the only one who's excited for, uh, yeah, some classic R&B music. Uh, what I'm going to be looking forward to, besides the uh, Usher halftime show, uh, is this going to be the most viewed Super Bowl ever? Listeners, last week I predicted to be like 65, 60 million views. Boy, am I off uh, this, my prediction. The most viewed Super Bowl game ever was actually last year between the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles. It hit 115.1 million people wow incredible so where does that leave us today every single game uh blue playoff has been breaking records for different broadcasting brands so i'm looking forward to see what's gonna happen here and um another thing i was looking into is just the ads because in 2000 uh the year 2000 a 30 second ad is two million dollars in 2015 4.25 4.25 million dollars right now for this weekend. Uh for Primes spot for a cheap price for first quarter, it's gonna be seven million dollars. Um, so it's gonna be incredible. Um again, listeners, if you don't care about football or Super Bowl, here's something maybe you might be curious is just what movies might be uh what trailers gonna be dropped. So this is what I'm excited for. Deadpool three. Kung Fu Panda 4, Quiet Place, Day 1, uh, Bob Marley's One Love, Inside Out 2, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Wicked Part 1, which is the adaption of the Broadway musical. So there are things we can look forward to. And um, I'm most excited that this is projected to be the most bets in a single game um, in history. Uh, American Game Association Association shared that um, there's 60, uh sixty eight million Americans betting in this game, and it's going to be around twenty three billion dollars. I-, I didn't stutter, not million, billion. It's, That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so lock those bets, and my bet is my prediction. Um, is uh Chiefs is going to win? Um, so different from you, Caleb. I think. They have experience. I think Mahomes is cool under pressure. I've been hearing a lot of rumors about the rain in Las Vegas is affecting the 49ers football players. So uh during Super Bowl big games like this, you gotta watch out for the little things that's bothering the teams. Cause you wanna see these players be in the you know, a great mindset going into the game. So just a little hiccups here, here and there, it, it's all worth it when it comes to the uh, betting your odds Um. so yeah I'm excited but Ben what about you what's your predi- uh, prediction for Super Bowl all right here's mine and I, I'll
1: explain why and it's it's real petty and it's real lame but I'm gonna go ahead and say Kansas City actually loses and Dang. So, I, so I'm with two versus one so, so I'm with Caleb, but the reason why is because I saw a video literally like two hours ago that I thought was hilarious, and oh, it no. just made, like suddenly made me a, a 49ers fan. And oh, what is it, is it? Was, it was someone had made an Instagram reel that said, you guys don't realize that if the 49ers beat the Chiefs, they have the opportunity to do the coolest thing ever, and it was a video of all of the uh, 49ers players running through the tunnel after a win. And the song that was playing was famous by Kanye West. And listeners, if you don't know, there is a very controversial line in that, in that song. Uh, one that has to do with maybe making Taylor Swift famous. And, uh, I just think that that was so clever. Like whoever thought of that. Uh shout out to you. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> Just that whole idea was hilarious to me. And for that very stupid reason, uh I'm saying thumbs down to Kansas City. Wow.
2: Bold picks over here. We'll, <laughs> um, we'll,
0: we'll find out on the next episode though, right? We'll we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, and yeah listeners, we stupid. wanna
2: we wanna know what you think we want to know what are you most excited about is it the commercials is it the game is it taylor swift uh surprise halftime show who knows (laughs) uh or are you just excited for you know things outside the game super you know the parties seeing your friends yeah there's so many cool things and culture cultural traditions that um that comes Bowl, and that's something i never really experienced until i came to the us and especially during college like that's one of the times where everyone gets together to yeah. watch a game and whether you cheer for the team or not it, you're there. And I think it's, it's amazing. Um, so I'm excited to see what this Super Bowl will bring us uh, this year. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully my, uh, the Chiefs will win.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack, you bring up um, college. And as I, I think back to our time in college, um, we, we, the three of us, for those of you who don't know, went to college together uh, at a small school in Kentucky. And one of the things that goes on in small schools is that- I
0: just want to pause here and say, notice he didn't say the name of it. <laughs> he didn't say the name of it for oh. several reasons. But- oh, don't do that to me, Caleb. I am <laughs> a proud I am a proud is We're not giving away no free promo on this podcast, all <laughs> right? Y'all gonna have to cut a check just like everybody else, okay? no free promo. Exactly. No, I am not ashamed of where it. I went to
1: school. Um, I yeah, I am a diehard as being. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's anyway. In the time that we were there, one of the things that you notice about going to a school that small is that there are certain trends and just things that people do that oh, yeah. catch on and grow, and it's like suddenly everyone's doing it. And one of them that I've been thinking a lot about lately, because I feel like it's making kind of a resurgence, is 75 hard. Like, do you guys remember that when we were in college and it just felt like every other person was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm doing 75 hard right now?
2: Yes, I have. um, I believe my roommate did it. I believe a lot of my friends in the international community did it. so yeah, I was very well well aware of like what it goes comes with that. Um I listened to the podcast, even like what even is the purpose behind it. Um yeah, so yeah, definitely aware of what seventy five Hard is.
0: Yeah, I've I've um I've heard it. Uh I I don't think I've ever completed it, if we're being honest. Um, but I've, I've attempted it before. And, uh, my thing is this, I don't like starting over with, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not doing that. All right. Ain't no, ain't no way. All of my progress just means nothing. Uh, if I miss like one thing. So like, I, I'm not personally a, uh, a participant in it anymore, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely has come and gone with the trends, um. But yeah, and I, I've got my opinions on it. But uh, Ben, tell us about 75 Hard.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of background on what what it even is. This is a challenge that started in 2019. It was started by Andy Frisella, uh, who is the CEO of a supplement company called First Form. Um, and there's like a whole book about it and everything. Uh, I never read that not super interested in reading it, to be honest. You. I feel like we don't need a whole book to describe a, a simple challenge, uh, but could be a money grab. I don't know. Um, essentially, what the challenge is, it consists of five rules of uh, that, that you will continue to abide by for 75 days straight. And those five rules are, number one, you need to stick to a nutrition plan. And it, it could be any nutrition plan of, of your choice, depending on whatever your goal might be for that. But one of the rules for that would be that you're allowed no alcohol and no cheat meals. Uh, rule number two is you got to have two 45-minute workouts a day, one of them being outside. Rule number three is drinking one gallon of water a day minimum. Rule number four Is ten reading ten pages of nonfiction self improvement books per day, and then rule number five is taking a progress picture every day. Um, so as I go through the five rules of that challenge, Jack, tell me which one of those stands out the most to you. Which one do you have an opinion about? What makes you what stands out?
2: Um, in my experience from people who I know have done this, though, well, do you think it will be the hardest is the two workouts a day? It, it actually is, um, the one gallon of water that, uh, which is surprising to me. Um, yeah, I, I, but now like when I visualize doing that, like a whole gallon a day, like that, I, I guess I, it is really hard. Um, but yeah, I think the time that I have seen people doing it, you know, they have... For those who committed, uh, have completed this, they always feel great at the end. And at the same time, Caleb, you know, at the other side, like some people is, you know, they want to develop confidence, but this also could not build confidence because you didn't complete something. Because you can mm-hmm. listen to like, hey... If you break this commitment you are a b and c you know um you're a quitter loser whatnot and those things you just you start to describe yourself with those adjectives you know which can become a you know identity which will be what we don't want um so yeah so i think it's a very extreme challenge and i think it has helped a lot of people um, for those who are truly seeking discipline, um, at the same time, I don't think it's something for everybody um, mm-hmm. if you're just trying to get in
1: shape. Right. What do you think, yep. Caleb? Which one of those pops out to you the most?
0: I think the two forty-five minutes a day and one of them being outside is, uh, is difficult for most people. I think my, my perspective on things in general is this number one, I don't personally feel like the challenge is indicative of real life because Mm -hmm. when you're doing any sort of challenge or when you're, I mean, even, even like this podcast, it's like, even how we set all, all of this up, it wasn't just like, Oh, like we were consistent for X amount of days, like all the way through. And then like this great, this great thing happened. like progress is is rarely ever this linear sort of experience right Mm -hmm. we have highs we have lows and all of that kind of stuff and i i'm not personally a fan of saying like oh well like you've got to start over because you missed one portion of this but you're on Mm -hmm. May 50. it's like all of the work that you did for 50 days should not be suddenly invalidated um because and like all of your progress lost because you made one mistake right so i'm not personally a huge fan of the challenge there's a a 75 like soft (laughs) challenge that i did uh that i did last year which was basically it's very similar only instead of two workouts i think it's just one workout instead of 10 pages of a self-help book I think it's uh it's just ten pages of of reading anything, just getting your mind you know working, and then instead of a gallon, I think it was like a liter and a half or something like that of water. Mm Um, Mm. and most American, I mean, most of us are not getting the amount of water that we need in general. So any any consistency with getting you know a good amount of water in you is going to be good for you. So um, I've done that before and uh, had seen some some great great progress in my own life. This past year, I went on a, on a health journey. lost about forty five pounds. So I'm very much in the idea of have a plan. Um, I I just I don't personally think that seventy five hard is the plan for me. I don't think it's that conducive for everybody in general. Um, but but that's just me. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not pooping on it for everybody else that's listening. If you want to try it and you want to do it, good for you. I also am not a fan of. Self-help in terms of isolation, there's sort of this movement where people Mm. think like, if I want to turn my life around, I really need to isolate myself from everybody and change everything about myself. And in some scenarios, absolutely, you do, right? But I know for myself and Jack, you've been one of those people, I've put you and Juan uh, Juan Vidal in a in a group message. And I'm like, Hey, I need you guys to hold me accountable to doing X, Y, and Z at this time. And I'm going to check in and make sure that I've done that because I need accountability. And I know for myself, um, I'm a lot more social of a person. So if I'm going to learn and grow, it's going to be around people. It's going to be yeah. in community. Isolation is never, is never the move for me personally. If I want to see results.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, could not agree anymore, I echo everything that both you guys said. um one of the things as I was reading up about this to to be honest i I wanted to talk about this for a little while, and I kind of realized like wait a minute, I don't actually know where this started, what the real rules are. I had an idea, but I had never really looked deeply into it until I was prepping for this um podcast to today and um so I guess the I, the main ideas behind it are things that I'm all about. I think they're super important. You know, self-improvement, mental toughness, physical toughness. These are things that will help you be successful in life. Now, do I think that this is the way to do that? No. Um, for For a lot of the same reasons that you guys mentioned, but then I could give a million more and I won't bore you with those with all the reasons I could come up with. But some of the main ones are just like, number one, to me, all these, all these ideas just seem so arbitrary to me. Yeah. Like yeah. why 75 days? Of course, I haven't read the book. So maybe there is a real reason behind it. But to me, 75 days just seems like an arbitrary number of days. And then 45 two forty five 45 minute workouts, one of them being outside. Super, like, I don't know, doesn't seem very purposeful, yeah. very intentional. Like any nutrition plan, super vague. I could go eat Chick-fil-A every day and call that my nutrition plan. As long as I only (laughs) play and stick to that. 10 pages of nonfiction reading. Sometimes I've learned more from fiction reading than I have from nonfiction self-help books. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So just some of these things are like vague and just don't seem very purposeful to me. And I think that if you're going to do a challenge that's that the aim is to improve yourself, you should have purpose behind every single thing that you do for that. It shouldn't just be a random set of things that somebody thought was a good idea and you just hop on board because other people are doing it. So those are some of the reasons. Um, But then also, like we talked about, just is this a sustainable lifestyle? Um, Does it even work? You guys have known lots of people who have done it personally. I I tried to count earlier today and I think I know about 14 people who have tried it. Not a single one of them finished it. Um, and they end up feeling like failures, like Jack was saying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like Caleb said, all that progress was still real. Yeah, And yeah. at the end of the day, 75 days is such a short window to make progress and make real change. And like we said, it's not sustainable. Yeah. As I, looked into the rules more deeply. I don't say this to brag or say like, yeah, I live the 75 hard every day. But when I look at them, I do pretty much every single one of these things on a daily basis. And I do not consider that I'm living the 75 hard. I don't go around telling people that. Um, But as I was thinking back on all these things that I do, that didn't just come on one day where I decided I'm going to turn my life around. Like, for example, one gallon of water. I started drinking one gallon of water a day when I was in 11th grade. That was one decision that I decided I want to drink a gallon of water every day. And since then, I just kept that habit up because it was one change that I wanted to make. So I would encourage all of you listeners that like if this is the kind of a journey that you want to go on, Like Caleb mentioned his fitness journey that he's been on. This is a lifestyle of his. He didn't lose 45 pounds by doing a 75-day challenge. He did it by adapting his lifestyle one little tweak at a time. And over long periods of time is when you really see that change. So I just think that this kind of challenge can reinforce this hurried, uh, get-rich-quick type of
2: mentality
1: that's so prevalent in our culture.
2: Ben love we just said shared there for listeners who like maybe they are currently looking into it or finding something like you said like physical toughness men- mental toughness um you talk about ch- shifting one thing uh in your day to make you better or in your fitness journey um but what about the mental part or i mean like what where would you point them to if they want something like super challenging in the next, let's say time, like there's a time frame, like 30 days or a year, you know, uh, like where should they go? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, I would say, again, be
1: intentional about it and have a purpose. So for example, if if you have a goal of wanting to get stronger and that is your primary goal, then- Make your one habit, your one change starting to lift weights, you know, find what that one main thing that you would like to change is and find one targeted intervention that's going to address that change that you want. Don't try to do it all at once. And you can stack these. You can say, hey, for for this next month, I want to get eight hours of sleep every night for 30 days. Then when that thirty days is up, you can keep yep. doing that habit, and add maybe one more, and just stack these small wins. And overall, it's going to lead you to a much bigger win.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, Ben. I think one of the things that that like I I realized is that um, when when I was in therapy, I was taking like this checklist of like everything that I was going to do every single day, and it was this really long <laughs> list of like. These are the things I'm going to do every single day. And these are the things that I'm going to avoid every single day. And what I realized was that when I was bringing that in to my therapy session, trying to like be held accountable, stop doing all of it was that I hadn't really staggered all of that progress on. And so it was very easy to get three or four days in and just have a crap day and like, well, completely off. You know from from this original training plan and so what i found really worked for myself is really just sort of staggering these habits and viewing it as a lifestyle change versus a challenge or a diet or anything like that like i never say like oh i'm on a diet okay. this is just like this is just how i eat right um and so for me what i noticed is that like when you start staggering things and like uh, over the summer i was i went through a, a really really tough depression and to get out of it, I basically said, I'm just going to start with this one this one thing of self-care, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. it every single day. Yep. And then in a week, it turned into, okay, now I'm making my bed every morning. And before I go to bed, I'm going to do like my skincare routine or whatever that is, right? And those are my two things that are just going to be constant. And what I noticed is that as I staggered things like that, my life improved so much better because I was building confidence that I could stick to a routine and that I could deliver on on the promises that I said to myself. And uh, something that I, I just believe wholeheartedly in is that confidence comes when you have a good internal reputation with yourself. Yes. 100%. When you say that you're gonna do something or when you have an idea and you follow through on it or when you have a desire to do something um and you make an intention to do something and you follow through on it that's when confidence comes and so uh, i i completely agree with everything that you're sharing Ben and uh, be intentional with uh with with yourself and with you, with your health
1: yeah 100% and that i don't say any of all these things to deter people from 75 hard if that's something they really want to do however the last thing i'm going to say about this is if after <laughs> hearing this you still want to do 75 hard I'm instilling a mandatory <laughs> rule number six, which is gonna really be the filter for if you wanna do this. And rule number six is, you're not allowed to tell anybody you're doing it.
0: All right? No virtue <laughs> signaling. I better right. not
1: see on your Instagram, I'm doing 75 hard, okay? I don't wanna see that. I don't wanna hear it when in our conversations. If you're really tell about them. it, if them. you are doing it for yourself, don't tell anyone. So that's what I'll say is my amendment for seventy-five hard is rule number six. Keep it to yourself. We don't, listen, we don't
0: want we don't want no updates. <laughs> new, new, we don't new want a of your gallon at at two PM almost there. We don't want to see any of that. All right. Pack it up and leave it alone And, and and and, and And go somewhere with that energy because we don't want it. Okay. Keep that mess to yourself.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that's just a good rule of thumb for any action that you do is would you do this if social media did not exist?
0: Yeah. Don't talk about it, be about it. Well, cool. Y'all, we are going to, uh, we're going to change topics here. We said that we were supposed to talk about politics on this podcast and we haven't yet, but it's episode number two. So we are going (laughs) to talk a little bit about, uh, what happened in the Senate this week. There was a, uh, there was a hearing in the Senate, um, over, um, over uh, how children and teenagers, young adults, are interacting with social media. Uh, a lot of different CEOs from some of these companies came together. Um, so one of the things that really stood out was uh, Senator Tom Cotton, who is a senator from Arkansas, uh, is being criticized for questioning the TikTok CEO, Shouzi Chu, at length on Chu's citizenship and whether he had a relationship with the Chinese Communist Party during a heated hearing uh, this past Wednesday. So uh, Senator Cotton pressed um, the CEO um, as he was testifying uh, in that that Judiciary Committee hearing on child safety. Um, And the specific line items of questioning were this. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? She replied, Senator, I'm Singaporean. Cotton then asked, have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? Chu, who lives in Singapore with his wife and children who are American, responded, no, Senator. Again, I'm Singaporean. People, uh, let me see here, trying to read down. So Chu said, yes, um, I think it is uh, uh, well documented. He's, He's making reference to... Um, to Senator Cotton, asking him about Tiananmen Square, he says, "Yes, it's well documented that there was a massacre." Um, and so, Senator Tom Cotton is basically just berating this man over and over again mm-hmm. on, uh, and using pretty anti-Asian uh, rhetoric, basically saying that all all Asian people are the same, or look alike, or are all associated with the Chinese Communist Party. Um, this is going to be more opinion. I I cannot think of something more vile to do in the Senate. Um than to be this blatantly racist towards somebody else. I understand and and I think it is warranted to have uh reservations about um about people's affiliations and I understand maybe asking a single question. If you need clarification, maybe asking two questions, but but I believe that there were six direct questions asked about um, about uh, uh, about Chu's um, origin and his allegiances, um, which I find I, I cannot think of something more vile. It was an embarrassment as a citizen of this country that somebody was being questioned like this. Um, also, if you listen to any of the hearings with any of the CEOs of these companies, our senators just flat out embarrass themselves every single time because they are so disconnected from what's going on with technology as a whole. Um, and it is just, it was thoroughly an embarrassment this past week, Jack, Ben, um, after I've shared to you some of this transcript here, what are your guys' (laughs) thoughts?
2: Um, I had a chance to watch a few clips, so I'm not sure it was last year. Um, the TikTok also had a hearing basically just about data. Fair reason, but like, and they need to be questioning where is this data being stored. This time it's more about, you know, the sexual predators, the addictive features, um, how there's targeted ads. Like these are things that needs to be questioned, um, you know, because a lot of people hurt for be suicide, eating disorder, cyberbullying. Yeah. Like these are real issues that any parents, I wish no parents will have the experience with their kids. Like these are serious concerns um, yeah. and needs to be addressed. But it, if you had a chance to watch the interview, not interview the hearing, and just what's happening, it feels so, I don't know, it just um, feels disconnected, um, stubborn questions. Um, how is this, yeah, it's just kind of embarrassing like you said, and, um, I seen a lot of um, influencer from the Asian uh, community kind of spoke up just like, you know, how is this happening today? And if, if anywhere at the Congress hearing, um, cause these are supposed to be the most brilliant leaders in the world, um, leading the people speaking for the people, for the people. So to hear um, just the way um, even if choose a CEO or someone who's not like you, should never be dehumanized like that yeah. in front of everybody. And um, so yeah, I, I yeah, it's just so interesting, and um, I, yeah, I, I can imagine what he's feeling, and also anybody who has experienced that at any uh, you know, from a friendship level to something in the workspace, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty terrible.
1: Yeah, honestly, like the first time I saw the video, I did, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was one of those videos that people make where they like chop up different clips and then put mm-hmm. them together to make something funny. Because after his first mention of China, the CEO was immediately like, yeah, I'm from Singapore. Like I served in the military. Like it's not just like he was in the military for three years and he mentions that and. <laughs> And the senator just clearly didn't know that Singapore was not China, and that that to me was the most shocking part. Just the like absolute ignorance. It was almost like he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. You said you're from Singapore. That's that's China. Like, and that was like absurd. Um, couldn't believe it. Uh, like Jack said, all of the concerns that that they're talking about are legit. These are things that need to be happening. But when you see who is the, who are the ones in charge of running these conversations, it definitely makes you wonder what the outcomes are going to be. You know, like if, if these are the people who are responsible for protecting children um, online and don't even know that Singapore and China, not the same place. Like eh, that is very, very uh, alarming.
0: Yeah. I I just think it was, I think it was very out of line um, in general. I I mean, I don't understand how people can like sit next to somebody um, spouting off, you know, racist rhetoric like that and not say something like I've that. That's just, it was baffling to me that, that nobody stepped in and was like dude move on immediately uh so it was very very uh and honestly just embarrassed to uh to uh to, to see you know elected members behaving that way yeah um,
1: but honestly shout out to chu for keeping his composure because mm-hmm. he just kept
0: oh. answering the questions with a straight face
1: and he had the perfect opportunity to make a. Uh, senator cotton look like an idiot and just say like you you do know those aren't the same right like and i i think had he done something like that the shock value would have been unreal it would have been funny you know i like that type mm-hmm. of deal but
0: listen i'm also proud of him for keeping that composure listen had i been on the stand i'd have been like senator would you like me to get you an atlas or something? <laughs> like I, I'm sure that we could get one here for you since you're unaware of, uh, you know, basic geography. Like I'd have hate them <laughs>
1: Hey, I, reason I really reason have. number fourteen why Caleb is not a U.S. senator right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm mean, being totally, out. <laughs> Like politics is just not for me. Like I I can't like. There's no way I'd have sat there with a straight face. Somebody disrespecting me like that. I'd have been like. Yeah. I'm sure we can produce an atlas for you and I'm happy to provide you some resources through the TikTok fund to help you um, in your educational journey since, you know, the American education system has failed you thus far uh, in terms of, like, out of 80 would out of him up. like, I'm sure, I would something like, I'm sure, you know, the, the TikTok educational resources can, uh, can definitely be shared with you, you know, at no expense, you know, I, I would have, Oh my god. Anyways. Uh moving on to uh <laughs> moving on to Sunday night which is which was the Grammys. So this past Sunday, the 66th Grammy Awards were televised on CBS. Um so we're going to run through some of these quick highlights. So I'm excited. <laughs> all of the major televised awards were won by women this year for the first time in history. Wow.
2: Air claps, air claps,
0: <laughs> air claps. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna. Gosh, I wish I had my little MIDI keyboard. I could put some, uh, put some, some clapping here. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I thought it was great, um, great to see. Did you guys watch the Grammys, Jack Ben? I did not. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I watched the Grammys.
1: Um, the main reason why I watched was because I knew Jay Z was uh, getting an award and. Uh, my wife, huge Taylor Swift fan, and so she, you know you can expect that she's she's going to be mentioned. She will be there, and so it was <laughs> it was on TV, kind of more of a background thing. And um, but man, when when Jay Z got up there and started talking, how I was did talking I- 2008, how it? 2008 was nice. Kanye, or was that 2007, 2008, something like that? But
0: yeah. Dude, you you know you're spot on. So here here are some <laughs> highlights here, um from the fr- from the night. So first of all, Jay Z accepted the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. Um, in his acceptance speech, he criticized the Recording Academy for how they choose Album of the Year. So Hova, to those of you who don't know, Jay Z has several you know, nicknames or alter egos. Hova is one of them. Uh, Jigga is another one. Jigga Jay-Z. Um, shout out. Uh, his, his 90s music was the, was the best. But anyways, um, he said this, because it's music and it's opinion-based, but some things, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, he pointed, uh, pointed to his wife Beyonce, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys and never won album of the year. Yeah, he killed me, bro. He said, at least get it right. He Listen, it right. at least the get Grammys, it right. The Grammys said this is what they said at the at the debrief meeting on Monday. We gotta stop inviting black folk to this. <laughs> okay.
1: All these Next rappers year. gotta get out of here, man.
0: Yeah. These black folk are ruining our beautiful evenings out here (laughs) wiling out. So I was, I was like, I was watching it and like cringing a little bit, like, I don't know where this is going to go. I think he kept it pretty respectful, but he did call attention to something, which is that Beyonce has never won album of the year, but she laps everybody in Grammys, like more than twice. She has 32 Grammys. She's the most awarded uh, single individual at, of the Grammy Awards. She's the most awarded uh, woman in music of all time. Um, I obviously could talk about Beyonce for hours and hours, but I do think it was a really important call out just in general. Um, and he's, he's not wrong. He said, you know, some of you uh, are going to get robbed and some of you don't deserve to even be in the category. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said when it. I, that was when I sat forward in my seat, you know? When when he said that, I had been,
1: like, snacking, and I was leaning back. When he said, some of you don't deserve to even be in the category,
0: I leaned forward. I was, like, I, I, felt, like, uh, I felt like Sutton from like Name them. Name them. Name them, Jay-Z. Name them, okay? I He's want names. Name them a class.
1: He, he's not doing that, you know? Like you said, he got up there. He said what he needed to say, but he wasn't being too specific.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think he did a really good job of number one supporting his wife. It's funny because it was very much a Black family thing. He said that. And immediately after accepting that award, the family left. And I was just like, if that's <laughs> a Black family, of, get, get your stuff. We leave that. Get up. All right? I laughed so hard. It was it was it was a great moment. Um the other thing he said that
1: cracked me up was when he was like you you guys don't have to laugh at everything I'm saying. <laughs> like he killed no me. Way. But, yeah. But he, he was saying some real stuff and people thought he was joking so they kept laughing and he was like, "No, no. This is not funny. I'm being dead serious right now."
0: Listen. That- Zay
2: is tired.
0: Zay's He's tired. Into- we pulled the classic, like, uh, like black, unk. like, unk really showed up and was like, "Listen, mm-hmm. I'm here on, I'm standing on bidness, all right, mm-hmm. bidness." So, uh, shout out Jay Z. We want you on the podcast too. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. um, a couple of other highlights here: Miley Cyrus took home her first Grammy. She took home two um, at the end of the night. Uh her performance was amazing. She was channeling very much Tina Turner and both uh both her her wardrobe as well as her performance. Uh, so she did amazing. Um Victoria Monet. Uh Victoria Monet actually won, I believe she won three Grammys. It was her first time. She won Artist of the Year. She is such a a talented, talented artist. Um I actually was I was actually Uh, Put on to Victoria Monet like a couple of weeks ago. She's amazing. Um, Love her so much. Jack Antonoff won producer of the year for the third year in a row. Ugh, it's boring. It's tired. We know he's a great (laughs) producer. He makes great music, but also we got to switch it up. Um, And then the last but not least, SZA was robbed for album of the year. And it was given to uh, Taylor Swift for her album Midnights. Now, this isn't just my opinion. Actually, Billboard, a representative from the Billboard Hot 200 uh, or Top 200 actually made a statement saying, what does it take to actually win this award? Because SOS stayed number one for 10 weeks as an album, um, which was the longest of any other album in that category for 2023. So they were very much like, what does it take then? Because Like she out, this album outperformed everything else. So uh, I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. And then speaking of Taylor Swift, um, a lot of people were, a lot of viewers were disappointed to see Taylor Swift win album of the year over SZA, but most importantly, they were disappointed with her interactions with Lana Del Rey and Celine Dion. For those of you who did not watch it, she basically dragged Lana Del Rey up on the stage with her, lana del rey was also in the category and technically lost that grammy to taylor swift yeah
2: that's awkward. so
0: it was very cringe to watch like imagine losing an award and then the person who won the award and has won a ton of awards and has always beaten you in this category and the other categories that you win drags you up on stage for their acceptance speech
1: yeah like, so, hey c- come get this front row seat <laughs> I'm about, to, I'm about to show you how this is done.
0: I I don't wow. like criticizing Taylor Swift because I think enough people do already. But I will say I did think that it was in, in poor taste. I don't think she's a malicious person that she did it on purpose. I just think it's one of those things where it's like, read the room. Lana Del Rey technically just lost this to you. So like, oof. just yeah. thought it was a little cringe. And then also Miley Cyrus earlier in the night accepted her first Grammy from Mariah Carey. Um, who is a legend? Obviously, I mean one of the top-selling artists of all time globally. Um, and she spent like half of her speech basically just honoring Mariah, saying, "I can't even wow. believe that I'm I'm accepting this from you at this point." So Celine Dion, who has not been singing, she has not sang for the last two years. She hasn't really even been making public appearances because of her recent uh, because of her recent health issues. Celine Dion was giving that award to Taylor Swift. And uh, she sort of just took the award and turned over and, and started making her speech. And people were really um, disappointed that she didn't pause to sort of uh, embrace Celine Dion and or acknowledge um, how Celine Dion paved the way um, for artists. Or There was no homage paid to Celine Dion, right? Again, I don't think that Taylor Swift is malicious. I think she was caught up in the moment. And also... Like in Taylor Swift's defense, Celine Dion has um, she has stiff persons syndrome, um, which is a which is a, a disease that affects your muscles and that kind of stuff. And so I understand not wanting to like put your arms around somebody or extend a hug to somebody that you know might not be physically well. So I give her some grace there. But I will say that it was not a good look to drag the person up on stage that just lost the award and then not acknowledge Celine Dion. Um, in, in a proper way. So, those are some of the highlights from the Grammys. Jack, Ben, any final thoughts as we uh, as we close out this episode?
2: Uh, how fast will this be uh, a most hated podcast? <laughs> <I'm
0: just
2: kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love, no, I love it.
0: If you hate I, it? I want you to tell everybody how much you hate it. All right, because we can't get the word out about this podcast for and real. No, is bad publicity okay For, so. that's
2: that is the truth caleb um no i didn't know any of that stuff that happened i heard about what uh Z shared when he um went on stage but everything else no i didn't that's so interesting and it's so i don't know sometimes it's, i don't get caught up in terms of like celebrity drama and who is talking to who but once in a while especially to have these uh, award ceremonies. It's always fun to see everyone in one place. And, yeah. um, there's always something brewing, you know? Um, and yeah, but I think overall it felt like a great night. It seems, um, great performance. It sound like from, you said mighty Cyrus performed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she so did. yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I would say just some of the big takeaways, uh, the lessons from today, number one, Place your bets this Super Bowl because (laughs) it's big money season. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. (laughs) Number two, make self-improvement a step-by-step journey rather than all at once. Uh, Number three, please go get educated so that you can represent your country a little
0: bit better. Play Kahoot
1: with the country. Number
0: (laughs) 3.2. Don't be racist.
1: Yeah. Read the map. Uh, um, and, uh, number four, Jay-Z can say whatever he wants. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever he wants.
1: Those are going to be the big takeaways from today, um, for all the listeners. Um, any final words, Caleb?
0: Final words. Shout out Jack and Ben for co-hosting this with me. Shout out our executive producer, Sophie St. Furman. Um, thank you. Thank so you, you. Thank you're you. You're the person that's keeping this podcast together on the technical side. So shout out to you. Thank you for all your hard work. Um, and we will see you guys back uh, on Friday of next week. And uh, yeah, we'll, we will talk to you all then.